Welcome back to another episode of the Jewish News Podcast. This episode is with Rabbi Mendy Chitrick. He's been the chief rabbi of the Ashkenazi Jewish community of Turkey since 2003 and has also been the chairman of the Alliance of Rabbis in Islamic States since 2019. He previously served as the permanent member of the Standing Committee of Conference of Eastern Rabbis for six years. In addition, he's a field representative for the OU and other major kosher organizations, a shokat, a sofer, and a moel. He's published several books on Jewish life in Turkey and being fluent in six languages. He's likely the last rabbi in the world to deliver a shir in Ladin. You know, he is also a, a sought-after lecturer. Rabbi Chichik, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, how are you? I guess I got to live up to all these things that you just said about me. It's, uh, it's a lot and uh, a lot of accomplishments. What was life like growing up in Sfat? And do you ever think about the religious leader uh, you might become? And also uh, having a relative who before you was uh, the chief rabbi of Antwerp. Did that uh, add pressure to your life? Ah, great question. Yes, I, I grew up in Tzfat. Uh, my parents are uh, Chabad uh, Shluchim or emissaries of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. So I always grew up with the knowledge that I one day will have to uh, to follow up in the footsteps and um, try to be uh, uh, to add something of value to Jewish life and to Jews in general around the world. And you mentioned also that my grandfather was the chief rabbi of Antwerp, and that definitely gives another dimension of what I uh, uh, was looking up to do. But um, you know that everything that we do later in life comes from uh, from wherever we come from. You know, either it's a reaction or a continuation. And um, I, I once heard to my grandfather, who I mentioned before was the chief rabbi of Antwerp, was when he was a uh, when he was um, around 90 years old. I asked him about his studies. He said, everything that I know today is what I studied until I was 16. After that, it was only to reinforce what I studied from the, what I studied then. In other words, um, him as a Holocaust survivor, whatever he learned before the Holocaust, before the turbulences, before the hardships that came later on in life, this is what gave him his direction. This is what gave him the most important foundations for later study and later work. So I, that's something I always tell my uh, my kids, my youth that I come in touch with. Don't look at their time now. They shouldn't look at their time now as just a time passing. Because every step they take now has major repercussions for their future. So going back to your question, growing up in spot, definitely everything that we do at our youth and everything that we do uh, has major effects on later on in life. Did I was I uh, ever thinking that one day I'll be a rabbi in uh, in Istanbul, Turkey? Don't think it, I had that in mind. But you know, you can never know what will happen at the end. Wow, that's a good uh, lesson and uh, interesting uh, childhood. Um, you're part. You're, you currently serve as the chairman of Alliance of Rabbis in Islamic States. Also, you were part of the Conference of European Rabbis for uh, a while. What, what exactly are those uh, groups or organizations and uh, what do you do for them? So um, I'll start with what I do now, which is the, being the chairman of the Alliance of Rabbis in Islamic States. We are a group of uh, some 50-something rabbis living in 14 different Muslim countries um, and living, working in these countries and strengthening Jewish life and showing that um, coexistence with, my, with uh, neighbors, Muslim neighbors, with other people, uh, is accomplished through living Jewish life proudly um, and increasingly uh, visibly in the Muslim world. So we have, as I mentioned, 52 rabbis who have uh, come together and said that uh, maybe if we lend a hand to each other, help each other to, you know, even with simple things, procurement of matzah, 
or uh, asking, uh, uh, finding connections to each other, helping members of our community, but then also on a global level, um, advocating on the importance of Jewish life in the Muslim world is something which is very important, something which is missing in the global Jewish scene. Um, I was uh, asked to serve as a chairman for the initial, maybe for the beginning of this uh, uh, initial phases of this organization. We, we started it some two and a half years ago. Um, it is now, uh, you know, taking fruit, taking foot, or gaining ground and getting some uh, some recognition from governments and other Jewish organizations. And I'm, you know, happy that we have achieved, uh, able to to reach uh, certain Jewish communities and Jewish individuals all around the world, all around the Muslim world. And um, uh, you know, it, it's a major difference between a a Jewish organization, organization of rabbis that living in Muslim countries, and they're able to reach Jews and Jewish communities, which otherwise may not always be accessible, you know, whether it is the Jews of Syria or the Jews of Libya or Algeria or those Jews in uh, Afghanistan, Sudan and many other places. And that's something that we could only do as Jews living in uh, the Muslim world. Interesting. And Istanbul is a place that historically was a home to hundreds of thousands of Jews. Is the current Jewish community, is it similar or connected to the previous one in any way, or is it more of a its own uh, new thing? Of course, um, you know, the Jewish community of Turkey is a community which dates 2,700 years. From the time of the prophet of Adia, it already mentions Jews living in what is today current day Turkey. Of course, the Jewish community of today are descendants, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren of these Jews who have lived here um, in Turkey from before the destruction of the first uh, Beit HaMikdash, the first temple in Jerusalem. Later on, there are other groups of Jews that came in. The Ashkenazi Jews came from Europe. The Sephardic Jews came 500 years ago from Spain. And other uh, Jews came from, from Georgia, from, uh, from Iran, and from Iraq, and from other places. And they have uh, became cohesively known as the uh, Istanbul Turkish uh, Jewish community. It's a, it's a very nice community. We have about 15,000 Jews. Um, we have uh, some 18 functioning synagogues. We have a school for Jews. There are other uh, tzedakah and chesed organizations. There's an old age home. There's a Jewish hospital. Um, it's an active Jewish community. But though it's not a very religious Jewish community, it is a, um, but it's a very nice Jewish community with a good Jewish structure and a very cohesive, united community. There's a chief rabbi. There's a beddin. I am the rabbi of the Ashkenazi community. There's another Chabad rabbi living on the other side of town. Um, we'll try to service tourists, try to service lo local. It is a the Jewish community. And it's, it's quite interesting that many people um, don't even realize and don't notice that there's still Jews living in Muslim countries. There are about 100,000 Jews living in Muslim countries in Kazakhstan, in Uzbekistan, in Azerbaijan, Turkey, in Iran, in Morocco, in Tunisia, and many other places. And it is the responsibility of rabbis to... Um, rabbis and community leaders to strengthen Jewish life and to make Jewish life more accessible, to make Jewish life more real, to make Jewish life more appealing to the youth. And uh, because, you know, assimilation and indifference are the greatest plagues that can befall a Jewish community. Wow. And uh, before you uh, uh, came to uh, Istanbul, as you mentioned, growing up, you didn't uh, really think about Istanbul uh, as a place you might go, but what were the transitions and the steps that led Chabad, a kid in a tzvah, to a, a rub with uh, so much uh, influence and connections, as you mentioned? What are the steps? Every step that you take 
is, is, is a step, whether it is in the right direction or the wrong direction, you only find out once you, once you uh, reached your goal. But if you have in mind that what you will do is for the purpose of strengthening Judaism, if you have in mind that for every, and you're mindful of every step that you do, whether this is serving your purpose of doing good, serving your purpose in life, because ultimately the purpose of every Jew is to service God and to service God, to make, to be, make Avodat Hashem, to be in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the most accessible way for that is to serve another Jew whether to serve him a hot cup of coffee or to serve him a hot uh, soup in, in, the winter, uh, in the winter night or to help him with a Shabbos meal or to try to find him a connection, to find a lawyer if he has an issue or to try to find him um, a job recommendation. These are all steps that we do. And ultimately, people want to have you uh, help them in a more global way. And they push you to do other things. But the most important thing is to make sure that whatever you do, you do for the purpose of others. If you do for the purpose of yourselves, it's not very, it's not a good recipe for, for success. And it's not real success because it's self-propagation. You're making yourself big. If you try to work for other people, that is when you can achieve the right things. Wow, those are uh, some uh, nice lessons. And uh, so on, on another part of uh, life in Istanbul, you know, while uh, you're, you're the field representative for the OU there and uh, other organizations, what, what exactly does that mean? How, how, do you, uh, how does that affect your daily life? Turkey is a major food producer. There's some uh, 400 to 500 uh, food manufacturing facilities which produce kosher food. Um, so what I do is I have a team of mashgichim, a team of uh, supervisor who supervise um, kosher manufacturing manufacturers on a monthly basis, on a daily basis. It depends. Uh, it depends on. For example, we serve. Um, I work as part of with the OU and other major organi- organizations. Work, for example, also with the OK, and we supervise uh, production of uh, kosher food for Turkish Airlines. Between any any day, between three hundred to six hundred. Um, kosher meals go out on a daily basis, fresh kosher meals go out from uh, the kitchen that is owned by the Jewish uh, community of Turkey, and um, fresh meals are served mehadlin kosher to passengers in Turkish airlines and um, to passengers who travel through uh, the Turkish airport, and all proceedings of this uh, operation go for tzedakah, go for charity to feed the poor people in our community. Now, this, of course, is um, is just another aspect of a work of a of a of a, of a work of a community leader who's trying to make sure to provide the best level of kashrus and best level of kosher for travelers and people who need the need to eat on a plane. And at the same time, we also have, as I mentioned before, all those factories that need to have supervision. If when you buy a uh, um, buy a product in in America. It is made, it's a component of many, many other ingredients that go through, uh, go, that, uh, that are, they come in uh, combined in another factory. All these raw material, all these ingredients have to have a kosher supervision to make sure that they're actually kosher before they reach the consumer who ultimately ends up eating it. Wow, sounds like a lot of uh, work being done. And uh, I mentioned that before, you're a shokhar, a sofa, and a molo. Are you the only one in Istanbul or is there a community of people like you also who do that? No, no, there are other people, of course, who are shochtim, they're sofrim, they're moalim. As we have a vibrant Jewish community, although not a very religious community, but still it's a very traditional community. There's some people who eat kosher, kosher 
quite a few. There, everybody uh, gets uh, makes a bris, and we need sefer Torahs for the 18, uh, 18 shul. So of course, it's a community that needs to have all these um, amenities. And we're happy that we have uh, people in our community who are able to do it and fulfill these duties for the benefit of Kalali Soa. Wow, very nice. Uh, your, your daily life, I saw online that sometimes you uh, host visitors for Shabbos meals or other things. Well, what, what's it like hosting Jews all the time? And uh, what, what else do you uh, do? Uh, we host every, every Shabbos, we host some 40, 50, 60 uh, guests, travelers, wow. business people, wow. people who come by. Um, it's always a pleasure, to, and now it's that uh, is even you know you realize that the work is is so much crucial when we host today. Also, uh, refugees from Ukraine and Russia, people who are forced out of their homes, and people who are looking and their need for for a Jewish connection. So anywhere that you go, you could always find a Chabad shliach. You always could find a rabbi who could help you out, who could move you another step ahead. And make you uh, and and uh, and help you uh, find your Jewish connection, find your way to connecting to Hashem. Now, this is uh, something that is a responsibility of every Jew. We always, you know, we have a mitzvah of mitzvah of helping another Jew, especially when you're in a place where there's no other. Uh, it's it's much more difficult to reach. So uh, every step that we do, everything that we can, uh, enhances Jewish unity, enhances Jewish observance, and ultimately. We hope it can bring to the ultimate, which is to bring Mashiach, to make the world a better place, better place for everybody, Jews, Gentiles, for everybody, make the world really a holier place for all. I saw that a few years ago, you had a, a documented journey that was written about in the Shpach and the Jerusalem Post, that you, you went through Turkey and you tried to connect to Jewish roots and other things. What, what was uh, that journey like? What was it about? And uh, uh, what, 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 do you, what can you share with us about it? One of the things that I do, that as, I, as you mentioned before, is I supervise kosher manufacturing. Now, once a year, I have, as I mentioned, I have a group of, uh, of uh, rabbis and mashgichim that work for me, Rabbi Mendi Porush and others. And, um, but once a year, at least once a year, I visit the, all these plants myself. And because it's such a big country, I uh, take, usually take a car with one of my kids and we drive around for about one month visit, visiting all these kosher manufacturing facilities, as well as visiting uh, Jewish sites, Jewish heritage sites, synagogues, um, uh, synagogues, old, uh, old cemeteries. And we try to, um, to bring awareness to the world about these Jewish heritage sites, about the history of Jews in Turkey, as well as um, we try to, to, to reinvigorate the knowledge or to revive the knowledge of these sites in the local places which we visit. Because the idea is not only to, to record and to remember those sites, but to make sure that the sanctity is guarded. And if and when we visit these places, and we show interest in these places, then we know that the local population will also uh, take note and make sure that these things are kept for uh, another period of time. So if we go to the Jewish cemetery and we see that the cemetery is not in such a great shape, um, and we're able to invoke some interest, look, the people who come to visit it, it means that it's, it's significant, it's not just an empty field, maybe it's a good idea to put a wall around it, so it gives it a couple more years of, uh, of life, so to speak, a couple more years of existence. So I always recommend people when they go to business, even if they go to visit any, any country, any city, go to business, 
Also try to go to see the shul if there is one. Try to go to see if there is a uh, cemetery if there is one. Or maybe if there was one, you see the place where it was. So that way, um, a Jewish life is not just a story. A Jewish life is not just something that has been, but something that is still in existence. And when we, wherever we are, wherever we were, we always left traces and those traces should be kept because this is what keeps us who we are. Oh, very, uh, very nice. You wrote two books about, uh, I think, the history of Jews and uh, their connection to Turkey. And I think you were writing a third book. I don't know if it came out yet. You know, well, well, when do you have time to do all this research and uh, where, where do you study such things? Um, the Lubavitch Rebbe once said about one of the greatest sages, the Rashba, that he had a lot of work to do. He was a doctor and he was a scholar and he wrote commentary and he did many, many other things. If you, do, if you do it systematically from morning to evening, you're able to find places and find time to do it. Can't say the time like the, uh, in any way like that. But, you know, you try to do whatever you can. And uh, one step at a time. And Bezat Hashem, you know, with God's help and with the help of uh, supporting people around you, you, uh, you try to reach as much as you can. Wow. And uh, I think I mentioned before, you, uh, you speak six languages. Where, where did you learn all these languages? And uh, do you even use them all the time? <laughs> you see, we speak now in English. English is not my native language. It's a Hebrew. Uh, yes, I do speak a couple of languages. We try to do what we can. It's something you pick up on the way. Did you learn them just to be involved with the, the Jewish communities? Um, I learned Ladino when I uh, tried to... I, I spoke Spanish a little bit before I came to Turkey because I spent uh, the 11 months in Uruguay helping the Jewish community there, so I spoke Spanish. I came to Turkey, I, I converted the Spanish into Ladino. I spoke Yiddish, uh, speak Yiddish from speaking to my grandparents. Hebrew because I grew up with Hebrew. English from my parents and later years in yeshiva. Turkish when I came to Turkey. Um, a couple other languages here and there. And here you go. <laughs> wow. This is uh, it's very, uh, very impressive. Uh, two or three more questions to finish up. You know, you mentioned uh, you're, you're from Chabad. Your family's from Chabad. Are, are all these rabbis in, uh, in the, the Islamic Alliance, is it a, a Chabad program or it's more of a... It's everybody. It's not a Chabad no, organization. Yes, it's true that most of the rabbis are Chabad because the nature of things in, in the Jewish world is that besides the major Jewish, um, the, the major Jewish uh, centers in Europe and America, uh, you know, rabbis in, in faraway countries will be Chabad rabbis because this is, that's just the nature of things. So, if they, you know, uh, that is how it's going gonna, it's gonna to be whether... Uh, for the foreseeable future, the people who are ready to pick up their suitcase and go live somewhere far, far, and to help another Jewish community—that usually will this usually will be a, uh, a Chabad uh, Chabad rabbi, a Chabad couple who will go to to live in Kyrgyzstan uh, without uh, without food and try to start the Judaism from scratch. Um, so uh, nat naturally, most of the rabbis are Chabad rabbis, but not all. We have the chief rabbi of Turkey and the, all the other rabbis in Turkey, and they have chief rabbi of Iran and all the rabbis of Iran, and the chief rabbi of um, chief rabbi of Tunisia, and many other rabbis who are not Chabad rabbis. Our organization is a is a major uh, is is a, is an organization for Orthodox rabbis living in Muslim countries. 
It just happens to be that most rabbis are Chabad naturally, but no, it's not only Chabad. It's a great question to ask. Um, in general, though, it is also, uh, uh, it, it's important to notice and to, and to realize that, that Chabad is, is a movement. It's not an organization. In other words, people feel uh, an urge to become, to do something for the future of Yiddishkeit, the future of Judaism, uh, because they are heeding the call of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. But there's no Chabad organization, so to speak, that will fund them or move them or direct them. Every Chabad rabbi is completely independent and autonomous and expresses himself in different ways. Some people are more um, Chabad-centered. Some people are less uh, Chabad-centered. Some rabbis are Chabad rabbis, but don't belong formally to the Chabad movement. It's, uh, our organization is open for all rabbis, um, as long as they have smicha from an orthodox uh, uh, community, from an orthodox yeshiva, and consider themselves to be orthodox Jews and behave so. So uh, this is how uh, these are members of our community, of our organization. Wow, and uh, we discussed your uh, a very uh, widespread and a strong involvement in the community. What's what's the what's the future looking like? Are you going to stay in Turkey? Are you uh, developing the community more? Um, what, what what should we look forward to? We're all looking forward to uh, the ultimate goal, which is that the world should be united. Um, in a time there will be no war. And time there will only be, as the, uh, Maimonides describes it, the time that the world will be filled with the knowledge of God, uh, the Messianic time. And now we, for this to happen, we need all people to move one step ahead with their service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, plans are to make the world a better place. Everybody can join in this campaign. Make, another, make the world a better place by doing another mitzvah, by helping another Jew, by helping another person, by helping your neighbor, by being nice to your Uber driver and ask him to be nice for another, to another, if it costs another dollar in a tip and make a person happier and tell him to uh, move on that happiness one step further, we make the world a better place. So if you're asking me if I'm going to stay in Turkey, looking forward to it, yes, and looking forward to make... Uh, to make life more meaningful for myself and for anybody else. Very nice. And uh, the, the final question is the final question of every episode, which is, I know you've been interviewed before and uh, there's been articles written about you, but even though you're constantly asked questions and uh, meeting new people, there's always some questions you're never asked that you wished you were. So looking back at all the questions you were asked, what's a question you've never been asked that you wished you were and what answer would you give to it? The question you just asked me now is a question I've never was never asked. And what's the what's the answer? What's the question you've uh, never been asked that you wished you were? This is a question I never heard. Nobody ever asked me what is the question that I've never been asked. <laughs> and the answer is that this is the question. Okay, give more more serious on a serious note. Um, the question that I've not asked often enough is how can we help? How can we help to make Jewish life in the Muslim world uh, stronger and have its future more bright? And the answer is be in touch with me privately and I'll try to help you, help us to make the world a better place. How does uh, someone reach out to you to try to help? I'm available, uh, social media, email, mendy at rabbimendy.com 
or on uh, rabbisalliance.org. You could see our website. You could see, um, you know, Twitter accounts, whatever, any other ways, many ways of reaching me. And if anybody listens to this and wants to help uh, make the world a better place by making peace between Jews and Muslims, by showing that coexistence is not just a word, but actually it's something that is living, vibrant, and possible, um, more than welcome to be in touch with me. Well, uh, hopefully uh, people reach out and uh, thank you again for joining. It seems like you're definitely doing a lot of helping. Uh, thank you for coming on and I hope everything goes well. I thank you very much for having me here, Akiva. It's great talking to you. Hope that uh, your podcast gets stronger and stronger and gets a message of goodness and kindness for everybody to share. All- Thank you for listening to this past episode of the Jewish Moves Podcast. I really appreciate it. If you want to get updates or ask us questions, make sure to check us out on Twitter at Jews underscore schmooze. You can also find us on any podcast platform. Thank you so much again and hope you're looking forward to the next one.